Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another edition of the podcast that's sweeping the nation season number three. We're in full effect. Look at this back-to-back episode. Your boy, building up that stamina, building up my cardio. That's right. It's One Man's Opinion. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting, and just being a part of the One Man's Opinion show we love to do it love putting this on for you and uh it's nice it's nice to be unfiltered it love it's nice not to have commercial breaks it's it's great to be able to say what's on your actual mind all of the time not that i don't do it normally uh by the way my name is jeff Mance. you can hear me weekday afternoons on sirius xm fantasy sports radio 4 to 6 p.m eastern i host the elite sports show on that network, you also hear me in a variety of other programmings across Sirius XM. You can find my work in all of its form over at fantasyguru.com. We're part of the Elite Sports Network, as a matter of fact, which I'm part owner of. Fantasyguru.com, though, it's a place to be all you need for seasonal fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, sports betting, data, the numbers, lineup optimizers projections uh we've got our podcast network the elite plus network over there live streams our discord our real-time chat uh swag and everything else you need it's over there fantasyguru.com everybody find me on social media on twitter at jeff underscore mans the jeff mans on facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok We've got a lot to talk about today, folks. We are going to be heavy on it. I, you know, I want to hear from the one man's opinion listeners. I've got some homework for you. And all it is is tweet me at Jeff underscore mans or hit me up in whatever other fashion you can about the content of the show going forward. I, I've got some things to say. You imagine that, right? I've got some opinions. Um, today, we're going to talk NFL draft. I'm going to get, I'll throw out my NFL draft grades buy team in order, my rankings, all that good stuff as well. Uh, also want to get to some new strategies for fantasy football in 2022, things every single person should be acknowledging and understanding and implementing into their fantasy drafts starting right away, as a matter of fact, everybody. So I got that. I'll talk a little baseball. I even got some USFL thoughts I may pass along. Let, let's talk about, let's start right there, though. Um, over at fantasyguru.com, I do want to mention that for those of you that are VIP members, we got a very we, we did a special thing for all of our VIPs over there, our VIP platinum members. Um, those are the uh, uh, when you get all sports, every sport we do, seasonal, daily, and gaming, all access pass to fantasyguru.com, meaning you get everything that we have. Uh, we have a, a brand new some prizes for you guys. Uh, all it takes is your membership. doesn't matter. Uh, we'll be sending them out to you very, very shortly, but a cash bag. That's right. We created a cash bag for you to store all your winnings in. Uh, it's a nice little fancy guru backpack type item there and a uh, exclusive member only hat as well. Um, just a couple of pieces of swag to say thank you for being a VIP platinum member over here at fantasyguru.com. So we do appreciate all of our people 
That is for sure. If you want more information, how to be a platinum member, you're not in. Maybe you don't have access to betting. If you're a seasonal baseball guy or seasonal football guy, uh, we're crushing it, man. I'm crushing it at baseball all of a sudden. I started out dog shit to start this season, right? Absolutely just awful. And I have turned a corner in my baseball betting massively. Um, I was 12 games under 500 after like four days of the season. I started out, it was a bad first week. Ever since I am over almost 20 games over, uh, 15 games over 57, 52 and one up 6.43 units. Um, I've got bets going outstanding as well. That's as I'm recording this, but if you want to subscribe or if you want to become a platinum member, and get that cash bag. It's really cool. It's the members only logo, uh, our money symbol, the FG, the official platinum FG. You won't see that on any other pieces of our swag. These are four platinum members only. If you're not sure, if you're wondering how to do it and to get be platinum without a, um, or with a discount, just email us. It's support at fantasyguru.com. Tell them man sent you and they you want to be a platinum subscriber, get all the content. And that includes our data, which is the greatest tool that's ever been created for fantasy baseball. We have a lot of data over at uh, on fantasyguru.com under the elite data tab. Um, and there's a lot, you know, a lot of good stuff, but let's make no mistake. You can get data from a lot of places. Now I think our box scores are as good as anything. Uh, our CEO, Rob Brinks, fucking watches the box score like he he doesn't he's too cheap to get mlb extra innings so he just watches the box score on elite data or now fantasyguru.com but the real the real good shit is the smash report for hitters and pitchers the bullpen usage chart the burr report which is bullpen usage and reliever rating system and then we got all the split in the batter BVP and stolen base targets and projected odds and strikeouts and projections and umpires and ballparks, all that, all that stuff. Um, and then the team stats, the player stats for all the sports. So elite data is really worth the price of admission as it is. So I'll get over there, check it out. But the smash report, you, do you notice this fantasy baseball players? Do you notice on Twitter, not just on Twitter, in general, that so many people try to pretend like they, they talk, they reference so-and-so's slider and Noah Syndergaard's slider is this and Justin Verlander's four-seam fastball this and it, it has this much movement over the last few starts, this much you know velocity and all that stuff. They, they talk about that and they say, oh, well, this pitch is really doing very well or it's got a lot of basically all they're talking about is the movement of the pitch velocity of the pitch, or sometimes a combination of it. But that doesn't really matter against certain hitters and certain lineups. It really comes down to the matchup. And that's the thing that I don't think many people realize. I know they don't. Everyone's looking at the same shit, baseball savant. Everyone's looking at the same data say, Oh, oh look at this movement. And they're acting like they just, you know, struck gold with it. Every single fantasy baseball player in the world has this data at their fingertips now are are aware of the data now, but what it means, they haven't learned it yet. 
That's what the smash report is, both for hitters and pitchers. It's what those pitches mean, all of the stat cast data, all of the savant data, all of the pitch mix, velocity, movement, correlated with the hitters. Because some hitters, they hit the slider very well. They hit down and in very well. They hit the outside part of the plate well. They have power, isolated power, when you on pitches low in the zone or high in the zone. And, and every hitter, every matchup is different. So to think that just because this pitcher has a great pitch going for him, that's going to mean, it doesn't mean the same thing from hitter to hitter. And then you got to go through the whole lineup to see how that those pitches and that pitch mix correlates with those hitters on that given date. Well, we've solved that riddle. That's what the smash report is. And we do it from the pitcher standpoint and the hitter standpoint. All right. So who is the biggest advantage on any given day? Who's got the biggest advantage that week? It's all there. That's what elite data is against like 14 bucks. And if you use draft 10, just tell them man's told you that if, if anybody wants to be a VIP platinum member over at fantasy guru, just say man sent you and draft. He, he, Jeff says that draft 10 to give you the draft 10 discount. It's a 10% discount off of the already low price. So just get in there and check it out. And I want you guys, I want as many of our people are true, real people. I know a lot of you guys have, you probably have spent the same amount of money on, you know, seasonal D you guys all get DFS football and season of that fantasy guru product. And you're already getting that. And some of you are DFS baseball people too. Might as well get it all for the money. And then you could get our cash bag to keep all your money in and the hat and flaunt your gear. I want you guys to get the most out of it. So, um, that's the way if any questions at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter. And again, support at fantasyguru.com. I see every single email that comes through. So just in case you wanted to get me or, you know, I see it. So don't lie. Don't tell my said 50% off. I didn't say that anyway. All right, let's get to, to good shit here. Oh, well, let's, that's, it gets, that's, that's what I want to ask you guys. Fantasy baseball. Is it dead? Is it dead? I'm very concerned. I really, I'm pissed off. I keep getting canceled contests on FanDuel night after night of my cash games. I always enter the single entry 50-50 contest. It's what I love. It's what I do. It's where I've made my fucking living. Be quite honest with you. And every night I enter as many as I can of those contests. And I get, it's over 50%. Over half of them come back not filled. And I enter these things with like, you know, there's a, fucking over sometimes there's 80 percent you know 80 out of 100 spots filled and you know with an hour left to go because that's when my show ends that's when i'm entering all my contest and they're not and they still don't even fill that worries me if you're not playing fantasy baseball or daily fantasy baseball i want to know why is it are you betting instead are you just done with baseball baseball is just Oh my God. It's obviously they've juiced, they've doctored the baseball, not juiced the baseballs. They've taken the humidor effect. They've taken the air out of the baseball, literally run productions down. Batting average is down like 30 fucking points, which is unbelievable. How, how little offense we're seeing. We're getting players throwing baseballs at each other, fighting for no reason. 
and we're getting umpires ejecting pitchers after one inning because they didn't like the way they looked at him. What a fucking nightmare. What a night. It just, it bothers me. I love baseball, man. I love it, but it's gotten nearly impossible. You start wondering like, why do we spend our time on it? Well, we spend our time because we win money. Like, all right, let's, let's not bullshit. Let's not let's be, keep it on the level here. We win money on DFS and betting and everything else, but it's just, pisses me off that baseball does such a shitty job of endorsing their own product. Not only that, by the way, but also how, how bad is it that games get canceled? The times are moving up DFS. They're 20 minutes earlier start time. That means that, uh, you know, that game's not on the main slate. You can't play that game. Like in Philadelphia with a great offense there. It's just wild to me. Anyway, you know, I want to know what you guys want as far as content is concerned over the next couple of months, because eventually we're going to be hardcore football and fantasy football and betting on football. And there's a lot to do. You want me just to talk football? You want me to say fuck baseball and just dabble in whenever there's made something major, because I know on Sirius XM, it's gotta be mostly football. You have no idea the kind of fights that I have to try to do baseball. And on one hand, I fight with, program directors and the upper management and all that. And the other hand, then I fight with producers and co-hosts and everybody else about trying to, you know, not talking enough baseball of some of them like, and it's, we're caught between a rock and a hard place. The bottom line is the Sirius XM numbers are just so clear that when you talk baseball, nobody tunes in. I don't, I'm not sure about this podcast though. You know, I'm not sure if that's how you guys found me or whatever. I, I love to talk baseball. I have no problem doing it. But I also don't want to talk into the fucking ether either. I don't want to just talk into the air, right? It's not, I don't want to waste my time or your time. So hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans with that. Uh, those who've reached out about health concerns, man, you guys are the greatest. Had a very rough weekend. I'll be quite honest with you, but I'm feeling as good as I felt in ages. As of now, um, overdid it with the NFL draft, but it's right. You, you, you got to NFL draft is I did one day. I was did 11 hours of broadcasting on Friday. I did seven, eight hours on Thursday. I did six hours on Wednesday before that Saturday. I did two like, Oh, it was just too much. Just overdid it. But that's, you know, it's what it is. And uh, I love the NFL draft. I'm going to review it, recap it for you guys here. Uh, I think some teams really made out. I think there's a lot of advantages to be had in the fantasy game as well. Speaking of the fantasy game, that's another thing I want to talk to you about is uh, I'm very pleased. Uh, big Look at me with the big announcements over at fantasyguru.com. Um, we just launched a massive partnership with our good friends at underdogfantasy.com. I'm excited about it. Our whole crew is excited about it. It's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I am finally Arizona is legal to play an underdog. It's the best drafting app. There is, it's the best, best ball contest. They just announced their own multi-million dollar contest for you know every year. They do those big, um, the, the big best ball contest for fantasy football, and now you've got multiple million dollar winners. You got a $3 million top prize, 
$2 million for second and a million dollars for third over at underdogfantasy.com. So um, if you guys would be so kind, go there, sign up. You could draft against me and Armando Barsal, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, Rob Brink, CJ Colton, back the entire crew here, the entire elite mafia and use the promo code elite. And um, there you go. Get a bunch of extras in there as well. Very excited about this partnership uh, that we just locked in. So I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be drafting a ton, especially with all these, with the multi-million dollar winners, you know what I mean? And I also think now that the NFL draft is finally over is the time between now and like August when everybody gets hip to it, right? Best ball mania three. That's the name of it, by the way, 10 million fucking dollars in total prizes. Good Lord. Three millionaires. Just absolutely incredible. No question about that. So uh, again, use the, the promo code elite when you sign up at underdogfantasy.com. And um, I'm going to be talking about my best ball teams. Uh, I think next week, as a matter of fact, I'm going to start drafting or I'm going to start drafting this week, talking about it next week on this podcast. I already did a post draft draft for Sirius XM. So like I'm in draft mode here, folks, like that's, that's where I'm at. And I, let's get into that. So again, um, that's the best ball mania three. I'm pumped up about it. You're going to hear me talk a lot of underdog. And it's one of those things where I love the product. I, we don't make partnerships with people and companies that we don't believe in and don't love and don't use ourselves. It's just not something we have to do. Fortunately enough, I have had to do it in the past. We'll never do it again. I love Jeremy Levine. I love the team at underdog fantasy. I love everything they do. The app is slick and phenomenal. Download it again, sign up with the promo code elite. Um, give your boy a little bit of credit. No money, you know, uh, towards us. We just get credit for bringing you in, which again, you, you know, is a good thing. I think overall um, to play it and fuck, man, you guys win some money. Let's get into it. I want to dive into some football conversation and some NFL conversation, fancy football. So I, I have a, I have strategies for 2022. They're starting to take shape. They're not, you know, we just hit May. I'm recording this on May 4th. It, we're just hitting that round, but I could tell where we have the advantage. And if you're going in trying to win yourself a million dollars, you're going to have to be on an island. You can't do the things that feel safe. You can't do the things that everybody else is doing. I cannot stress it enough to everybody out there that, Rear, take the rear view mirror off of your fantasy football vehicle. Stop looking in the back. Don't draft the worst advice. Um, okay. I do a lot of research. I do a lot. I like research projects. I like learning from what worked last year. What will work, you know, what worked two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, but that's not the team I'm drafting. I see a lot of content out there for fantasy football. It's like, oh, modified zero RB. It worked this time and that worked that time. That, that, that is, all of that could be true. And I'm assuming it's 100% accurate. Anything that you have actual facts and data to back it up, but that's all true. But that doesn't mean jack shit when it comes to drafting a winning million dollar basketball team today or this year. You have to take this year. Find out where your edges are this year, now, 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 and hammer them. 
That's what you have to do. That's what last year's winners did. That's what next year's winners will do. So don't draft last year's best team this year. That is the number one biggest mistake people make every year. So stop doing that. With that, some strategies that I'm implementing, at least in, in 2022, one of, the, one of the biggest priorities, those who saw my SiriusXM post-draft draft league and my team on that is um, the AFC West, Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders. I went through, so what I've done now that I've implemented all the depth charts and they're going to change, There'll be injuries. There'll be player movement, but we are through a good 80%, 85% of the NFL offseason. There'll be a couple bigger moves. There'll always be an injury. Somebody hurts themselves working out or in training camp. Of course, you know, those things will absolutely happen, but I've already, and I, I don't even have the official NFL schedule. Of course, none of us do, but I've already went through it. I know who everybody's playing because it's all been announced. We don't know exactly what we know who's playing, who, where home and away, but we don't know this time of year. There will be weather concerns. I haven't factored in the international games that were announced. I will tell you guys that my projections over there at fantasyguru.com. So I haven't done that. It's not a big deal, not a big move um, realistically, but every single game played between the Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers has a 55 plus some as high as 59 expected total of that game. So when these games come up on the schedule, they are going to be the number one target of every DFS player, probably sports better, fantasy player. You're going to want players in these games. The reason they project so high are these are immensely competitive teams. There is... When I ask you the question, who is the best team in the National Football League? What do, what would you guys answer? Now, most of you, or not most, the highest percentage of people are going to say the Rams. Why would you say the Rams? Because you are all the fucking rearview mirror looking motherfuckers that I just said stop doing that. That's how you the Rams won last year, so they're going to win this year. Fucking motherfuckers drives me crazy. You'll say the Rams. Others will say the Bills. I think that's very, I think the Bills are right there. The Bengals? Well, they were in the the Super Bowl last year. I'm not sure the Bengals are the best team in that division. Does Deshaun Watson play? Mar Jackson's back healthy. Look at the Ravens draft. Colts are good, yeah. But the best teams in football, the Rams, I'll give you. The Bills, I'll give you. Packers, no fucking way you could say that. Packers will have one of the best records because they play in a division that's garbage, even though I think the Lions are really on the come. I think the Lions may be the surprise team. More on that later on. But I think after you say the Rams and the Bills, there's a good chance that the next four teams, as far as if I put this to a nationwide vote, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I think there's a good chance the next four teams after that. I guarantee if you put, if we did a vote, 
all four teams AFC West would be in the top 10 percentage voting on who the best team is or the dark horse team is in the National Football League. Or if you guys ranked them, most of us would rank them all, all four teams. That's how good. So competitive games. A great team beating the shit out of a terrible team does not fantasy produce, does not fantasy points make, <laughs> right? It does not, that does not produce high fantasy production. It does for the first half. And you get excited, like, oh my God, guys scored two touchdowns in the first half. My guy's thrown for 280 yards, my quarterback. And then he throws for 312 for the game because they just don't have to put the pedal to the metal. But when you have games, this competitive drives the scoring up, it drives the fantasy production up. You all want to be invested in the AFC West. I want to be invested in the AFC West. We should, we should. And best ball, especially to the moon, that division. Okay. Align yourself. Align yourself. Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, Devontae Adams. Fucking pick your chief receiver, which what is it going to be? Sky Moore, Nicole Hardman, Juju, Russell Wilson, I think is a very sneaky fantasy quarterback this year with Judy and or Sutton at his side. We know Herbert with Allen or Mike Williams and Eckler, of course. My goodness, Javante to the moon. Shit. So many. Kelsey, of course, and Waller, of course. Man, there's so much production to be had. It's just disgusting. So you want to be invested there. Okay, what else? Here's another thing. I haven't said this anywhere else. This is only on the podcast. Um, I'm not going to prioritize the running back position, to be quite honest with you. I don't think there are, I think we saw it at the NFL draft and it just confirms what we all, we all know outside of a very few situations, the running back position or running, yeah, running back position is broken apart. It's pieced together. You will have different players fulfilling different roles and needs. Another reason why going through the schedule is really important, especially when it comes out on the 12th. When that, come, when that schedule comes out, your job for the next month, if you are a high-stakes fantasy football player, study the hell out of it. Know the hell out of it. Know how to build a team around the bye weeks, the travel, and that inner, you know, crazy divisional games. And not just that with the AFC West, they also play – AFC West this year plays the NFC West. So you got, I mean, you got the Rams, you know, going there and you got the 49ers and you got the uh, um, Cardinals, a lot of offensive football to be played. So, yeah. Anyway, the running back position, just the idea that we are going to draft one, it, just to draft one in the first round is silly to me. It, it's just, Jonathan Taylor, yes. After Jonathan Taylor, I think a lot of people start getting confused. And they start going into like last year and other, you know, who, who's the top scorer and things like that. And who I love Austin Eckler to death. And I, I love the fact that they drafted Isaiah Spiller. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on because it gives Eckler a true handcuff. But Eckler was like fringe top. He was outside the top 10 for me, actually, 
before the draft. And with Spiller, now he moves up because now we can handcuff. Now we can get all the production from the Chargers running back. Now I'm more excited about it. But I think there's a lot of questions with him. Christian McCaffrey, he doesn't play. He's Mike Trout. He's great for two and a half games. Then he's out for six. He's great for another two and a half games. Then he's out for four. Then he's great for one. Then he's out for two, and it's over. It's done. That's just, that's every year for Christian McCaffrey. So he's not dependable. Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry is starting to get up there in age, everybody. This, this is the problem with Derrick Henry is he's one of the biggest, strongest running backs in the world, but he's also starting to age out. This guy's 28, going to be 29 years old at the very end of the season. Okay. He's got a lot of mileage on the tires. Okay. Um, and they have no offensive line. This, this Tennessee offensive line is garbage. He has Jones fracture in his foot, which is massive, high possibility of re-injuring long recovery time. We don't even know if he's going to be ready to go at the start of the season. So a lot of questions when it comes to Derrick Henry. And he doesn't even, Derrick Henry is not a pass catcher. That's another thing that you look at. I mean, his reception total, 13, 11, 15, 18, 19, 18. He's never had over 19 catchers in a season. Guy ran for 2,000 yards, caught 19 passes. Come on. It's crazy. So, you know, that's far from a sure thing. Dalvin Cook doesn't have the zone wizard, Rick Dennison, at his disposal anymore in Minnesota. Dalvin Cook has never in his whole career played a full season. Massive concerns there. I think Nick Chubb's the best running back in football, pure running back, but he's going to split with Kareem Hunt. Then they, they drafted Pope to be the Kareem Hunt replacement, saying, fuck it, we're – they're going to limit Nick Chubb. Plus you got a running quarterback, which I think helps the offense. But I also think that's a little bit more taken away from Nick Chubb overall. And again, favorite player in the league. Alvin Kamara is facing a possible four to six game suspension going into the season. Can't count on him. Javante Williams has Melvin Gordon back. Right. I mean, he run out of real estate. So the guys I like are like Taylor, Mixon, Najee Harris. That's pretty much it. And then, then you start getting into all kinds of split carry backs. So why prioritize those split carry backs? Where the ADP is right now, average draft position, what people are doing, just like my post-draft draft on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, People cannot stop themselves drafting running backs in the first round. They just don't feel complete. I urge you that if you're not getting Taylor, Mixon, or Najee Harris, don't even worry about it. If you want Eckler, fine. McCaffrey, if you're at the end of the round, fine. Otherwise, let's start looking at these receivers because the chasm between the absolute studs at wide receiver. Why do you think wide receivers – are getting paid $20 million a year. Notice, not all of them are getting paid $20 million a year, but the ones that are, it's amazing that they are getting away with it, but they're that important to their offense. And that important to the offense is that important to fantasy. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, I do like where he landed with Vegas. Numbers will go down a little bit, no question, but not too much. 
Debo Samuel, we'll see where he winds up. But again, first round talent, Mike Evans. Are you guys really not going to draft Mike Evans? Not going to draft Mike Evans when Chris Godwin's going to miss the start of the season. No Antonio Brown, no Rob Gronkowski, no OJ Howard. And, and you got Leonard Fournette back there and Gio Bernard is pass catcher, but Tom Brady is back. You're not going to draft Evans. Evans should be a first round player. But he's boring because all he does is produce. I don't know why you guys get support of it. Keenan Allen. That's pretty much my, and then Stefan Diggs. That's pretty much the list of guys I am sure about. I love CD Lamb. I'll put him on there. That's the 10. After that, who you got? AJ Brown and Philly? McLaurin, DJ Moore, Mari Cooper. Which Bronco receiver do you like? T. Higgins. Do you really think a second guy is going to pre- DK Metcalf with no quarterback whatsoever? Which chief wide receiver elevates Deontay Johnson without Roethlisberger? No, these are highly questionable players. What I'm telling you is lock that, lock those premium wide receivers up, first round and second round. Then come back. Then get your your running backs, guys who are going much later than they should. Players like Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Aaron Jones. Who's going to catch the ball in Green Bay? Aaron Jones. Saquon Barkley's finally got some offensive linemen. Just got Evan Neal healthy. Brian DeBall, right? Josh Jacobs on a contract year for the Las Vegas Raiders. Fantastic. These guys are going way late. There's You cannot tell me any of those guys are more secure than a Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb right now. You just can't tell me that. You can tell me you're be fucking lying or you'll be just, you know, hoping. So come back to the running back spot, right? Ideally, draft Taylor, Mixon, Harris, get one of those guys, then go get two of those receivers. Somebody like Tyreek and Mike Evans, who people are you know fading a little bit, then come back. Then you come back to the you know running backs that I just mentioned. That's the way to do it. The priority on running back has to end. All right. Also, quarterback position. I think the haves and have-nots here. Again, I want an AFC West quarterback. I'll tell you that. Give me Herbert and Mahomes all day, every day. I think Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. If you can't get one of those top end guys. You know, instead of going with a uh, uh, Josh Allen's right up there too. I'll put Josh Allen in there, but as much as Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, there's going to be sexiness around them. By the way, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers, you just scratch them off your draft. I, if you get them, fine, no problem. But it's no priority for any one of those guys. I would, I would no stop. You know, again. I don't trust anything with Kyler Murray. But what I'm saying is if you can't hit on Herbert or Mahomes early, then get Russell Wilson or Derek Carr late. As we know, these games are going to blow up. We know they're going to be high scoring, going to be asked to do a lot. They both have the best weapons they've ever had in either of their careers. So that's my, you know, and prioritize the quarterback position instead of drafting the likes of, you know, just Marquise Hollywood Brown on Arizona, 
get get that top tier quarterback. Marquise Brown in the sixth round or Mahomes or Herbert. Go Mahomes or Herbert. Lock that spot up. So those are some of the subtle changes that I'm making heading into this season. And what I, I'm going to be preaching it all summer long on this podcast and on Sirius XM as well. So there you go. Um, I will say number one overall pick is Jonathan Taylor. I had that pick in the post-draft draft. draft. Uh, I'll review my team at a later time, but I, I went Jonathan Taylor first overall. And I think that's the right move to make. I, if this was you know, three, four months ago, I would have gone Debo Samuel. But where he's going to play, it looks like he's – I have Debo Samuel back into my top five of wide receivers at this point because I think he will stay in San Francisco. But I think there's going to be a, a an agreement as far as usage because if he's not getting paid top dollar, he doesn't want to be used as a running back. That's the clear thing. So don't necessarily pencil him in for all that 50, 70 carries on the ground this season, even more if you think he's really going to get, you know, five to eight a game. Don't pencil him in for that kind of production on the ground if he doesn't get some sort of pay increase immediately. So that's what we're waiting out in San Francisco as well. Let's get into the 2022 NFL draft. My recap of all the teams. Um, draft grades are dumb. They are dumb to do with that. I will tell you my grades for all 32 NFL teams. Here's the thing. You, you can't give, this is a competition. Everybody doesn't get a C or above. It's not a test like that. That's the difference. I, I think that fantasy analysts, NFL analysts, some of these guys don't realize that, when, when you're competing, let's say you and I were to arm wrestle, any one of you out there, one of us is going to win. One of us is going to lose. Likely, I'm going to lose. <laughs> right? That's, that's how it's going to go. We arm wrestle, there's a winner, and there's a loser. There's not like, oh, man, you did so good, though. We both did so great at this arm wrestle. No. In fantasy sports, that's what it that's really what it is, too. Right? You win, you're in a league with your league mates, you're playing a DFS contest with a bunch of other entrants. When one of you wins, the rest of them lose or take a lower spot. You know, if I win a, a tournament, let's say, I get the million, I get the three million dollar top prize. You guys are left with you know, second, third, fourth at the highest, whereas great. You won a million bucks, but I won three times as much as you for winning. They always want to win, but that's what competition is. And as much as many of you, all of us make fun of our kids and all of us make fun of participation trophies and medals. We all say how dumb that is, but guess what? They've conditioned many of us to think and act that way too. I see it every day. Oh, everybody's happy. Everybody's fun. Oh, it's a good draft. You did a good draft. You did a good draft. No, no, you didn't. This isn't, I just fucking go through every year, right? There's a good 35% of these players, the entire player pool coming from college to the pros that, are that hit meaning they're a quality player 
And I'm not talking about their Justin Jefferson. I'm talking about their fucking James O'Shaughnessy. It just happens to carve out a role as a block first, catch a couple pass tight ends that log 60% of the stand. I'm just talking about useful players. So we all should be able to agree that the amount of usable players is very tight, very small. That means when you're drafting and some teams end up with many more usable players than other teams, the players with more usable players are better and win. Okay. So you can't give, when you take a test in grade school or high school, and everybody's got the same test and you're, you're, you're not against your classmates. You're just all trying to get the right answer. You could all get a B or an A or a C. Every, then it's okay. Everybody gets a C or higher, but that's not what competition is. That's not what athletics is. It's not what sports are. Somebody's going to lose. You can't tell me the Baltimore Ravens, which clearly had the best draft of any team. They didn't take from other people's plates. Of course they did. Now here, don't, before you argue with me, before you start bitching, well, you don't know how it's going to work out over time. I think, no, 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 that's not, then don't grade the fucking draft. Don't grade the draft then. We're not talking about how it's going to turn out. Talking about how they did, and that's another problem I have with the national media. Is like, everybody's going to, every single player draft is going to grow into this role and this thing. Everybody have, no, 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 they're not. And it, it, maybe they will. Who, who fucking knows? Maybe they will. I'll, I'll, I don't, it's so dumb. It's not even worth an argument or a discussion, right? It's not even worth it. What's worth it is did the teams who drafted get proper talent? Did they get a majority or as many usable quality players as possible? And again, don't look at, oh, oh they drafted uh, – what a great value for Malik Willis because the national media had him as this. No, 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 no. Don't, don't base that on that either. I wear the, the draft Knicks, the, the mock drafters, and I'm one of them. Don't base it on where they had them. That's not right. Usable pieces. Use one center point. Use one constant. What's the, what's the line? Then judge how many of those usable players did each team get? Then how many of their needs did they fill? Tennessee Titans, the perfect example of this, because Tennessee, you look at their drafts like, okay, not bad. Pretty good. Traylon Burks. I love Traylon Burks. That's a very usable piece. That's a very good piece. Um, Petite Freer from Ohio State, okay. Filled a p- possible need, may not be able to play tackle, but they have a need on guard anyway, okay. Then, you know, that's it. But then you factor, oh, well, when you got a tr- uh, trade on Burks, you also got rid of A.J. Brown. Oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. So now you didn't upgrade anything there. You took a long shot on a corner from Auburn and Roger McCreary. And Petit Freer has position concerns in the third round. Uh, you got Malik Willis, but he can't play. You sign, you already have a quarterback ahead of him. And the quarterback comes out also and says he's not going to mentor him, which I have no problems with Ryan Tannehill's statement there. But you, we can't, den- 
Tennessee didn't approve. (laughs) Right. And, you know, did they cover their ass at quarterback in 2024 or 2025? And did they have an all pro wide receiver in Traylon Burks in 2024? Very possible. Even I'll give you likely, but that don't mean they won. That wasn't, that didn't do shit right now. And that's not the job of you, us grading the draft. That's not our job to figure out, you know, in five years. Cause in that case, then everybody is going to get a C. So in that spirit, I gave six A's, eight teams got a B. That's B plus B minus regular B same with A's C eight more teams got C's five teams got a D and five teams got an F. Okay. Um, I'll go over my draft grades. Obviously the Ravens are number one. Ravens just put on a master class. Everything you could possibly want and more Um, address their needs and, you know, took players like David Ajabu, who is big time edge rusher, a big time program for one of the best defenses in the land and just tore his Achilles. They're going to have to wait a year, but it's a hell of a pick at 45 overall. Got the best safety and best center in the game in Linderbaum and Hamilton. Philele, they addressed their tackle concerns. They restocked their tight ends because they know Mark Andrews you know, gets up there and it's such an important position of the offense. It's, just a, it's a master class at what to do. So, you know, clearly number one, I gave the Philadelphia Eagles the second spot, another A+. Getting A.J. Brown was a part of that. Bolstered their offense, got Jordan Davis, not Nicobe Dean. What a great, oh my God, insane pick. It was a need pick and they got him for a huge value. Ah, just incredible job by Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Third best team also gave an A that this is not an A plus, but New Orleans Saints. They just didn't have a lot of picks. I love what New Orleans did. Chris Olave is pure as the driven snow. I said that many times in my analysis of him. He's just such a good route runner. We'll see what happens with Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas there, you're going to put a lobby in single coverage. This dude, he could be the hundred plus catch guy. He really can't Trevor Penning outstanding left tackle knew they were going to get him. Alante Taylor in the second round 49th overall. I had him as the third best corner right behind sauce Gardner in this draft. And fundamentally, Alante Taylor is better than Sauce Gardner. Fundamentally, doesn't have the upside of Sauce. Doesn't have the swagger. Doesn't really have the the hands necessarily, but also doesn't interfere like Ahmad Gardner. So I, I thought the Saints just did fantastic. They were third. Um, fourth was the Houston Texans. I thought the Texans. It's a lot easier. You know, I give them credit, but at the same time, everything was a fit. And they needed everything and they got everything. I tell you, Damian Pierce, fourth round pick. That's their starting running back. You better get him in fantasy. If you get Damian Pierce as your third running back, that's a good get for you. Good pass catcher, very elusive in the open field. The the one thing, Texans don't have a bad offensive line. It's not a bad offensive line. And no, they have no running back there. Marlon Mack, Rex Burke had no way, no way. So, uh, and, and by the way, they improved. They got Ken and Green, the best run blocking offensive lineman in the entire draft. Got him at 15th overall from AM. 
that suits well for Damian Pierce, everybody. So like what Houston did, they were fourth, Indianapolis Colts fifth. The Colts continue to always add great players. They do it every year, trade out of the first round, still got Alex Pierce, another name to know. I have him, my latest rankings over at fantasyguru.com, uh, rookie rankings. I have Alex Pierce at 13 overall. So first, he's a first-round dynasty pick. He's right on the border. Got him and David Bell from Cleveland neck and neck. I actually put Bell ahead of Pierce, believe it or not. I love that's just love David Bell and love where he went in Cleveland. It's such a perfect fit, but I digress there. So Indianapolis was fifth on my board. The sixth team, final team to get an A, the New York Giants, A minus for me. Again, picking up Evan Neal. Look at what these teams do in the off seasons, folks. And before you discount Saquon Barkley, getting Evan Neal, getting uh, as he do from North Carolina an interior lineman, two starters along that offensive line, uh, Marcus McCathan as well in the fifth round, uh, some depth at the position. The Giants are all of a sudden in business. And don't forget, new coaching staff too. And when you start talking about uh, Brian DeBall, he came over from Buffalo. He built it on the offensive line. That's what they did. So got Evan Neal. You got Andrew Thomas, a couple first rounders in there. Starting to look a lot at Matt Pert. It gives him depth. Uh, the guy from UConn a couple of years ago, Esidu here, who's a good run blocker, Shane Lemieux, Max Garcia. They've got bodies now along that offensive line. They brought in Mark Lewinsky from Indianapolis as well. So you got to like what the Giants did. And they got to improve the offensive line and get Kayvon Thibodeau probably the highest ceiling pure pass rusher in this draft was a hell of a get for the giants. Now some weird picks uh, up here as well, which is why they didn't get a pure a, I like the addressing the offensive line. I like Dane Belton from Iowa, the safety, another need as well. They, um, um, I did not like the Wendell Robinson pick at all. Just did not like that at all. Daniel Bellinger, um, and the fourth round tight end, massive need, massive need for this team. Now, I was not high in Bellinger at all, so kind of a neutral one, a position of need, not somebody that I was targeting. I like DJ Davidson in the middle of that defensive line from Arizona State, another true run stopper in a division that's going to need against Philly, Dallas, Washington, teams that like to run the football. So A-minus there. The, the B's uh, eight teams got to be, I guess you had all a B plus. Can you believe it? On the surface, I, I despise the Kenneth Walker pick. I didn't like Charles cross. I didn't like that pick at ninth overall. I didn't like Kenneth Walker. I love Kenneth Walker. I didn't like the fit at all, but when you step back from what Seattle did here, massive upgrade. Abraham Lucas in the third, Charles Cross in the first. Two bookend tackles in this draft class that are immediate starters. Cross is a bulldozer as well. Another great pure run blocker. Boye Mafe, a huge edge rusher, one of those true Ben get around the side guys uh, from uh, the Big Ten in Minnesota. Good pick there. I like that pick. And Kenneth Walker, I think Kenneth Walker was picked because Chris Carson's never going to play football again. 
because of the neck injury and Rashad Penny ain't it. So I had Walker as the number one running back on my board. Now you got Kobe Bryant uh, from Cincinnati. A thing to remember about Kobe Bryant is he played opposite sauce Gardner. Who do you think opposing quarterbacks picked on? They didn't throw at sauce Gardner untested Kobe Bryant did fucking phenomenal, really phenomenal for the Bearcats. Tariq Woolen, you might put just Richard Sherman on him. That's he's a Richard Sherman type, huge, massive cover corner from University of Texas, San Antonio. I had Woolen as my fourth best corner in the entire draft. I knew nobody was going to take him to late. He was 153rd overall. Tremendous pick there. Tyreek Smith, the edge rusher from Ohio State. Now all of a sudden you got Mafe and Tyreek Smith, big school, big time competition edge rushers. Just a well-done job, John Snyder. And I think Seattle had a fantastic draft. They were seventh overall. Uh, Detroit, I gave a B. Aiden Hutchinson, very top-heavy. Jamison Williams, two great picks for them. The Atlanta Falcons, I gave a B. And I have them at ninth. I love getting Desmond Ritter. Between Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, this might be the – That's those are two quarterbacks I believe very highly in. Love getting Drake London. I think they were able to really improve their offense with Drake London, Ritter, and Tyler Algier. Now, remember about Algier. I've heard this a lot. People obviously haven't done their homework. Algier was a quarterback, recruited as a quarterback, became a running back, then became a linebacker. He played a full season at BYU as a linebacker, then came back as a running back. Very raw. I know they just cut Mike Davis. I know. But be careful. He's got good size. Weight's a bit of a problem. Little, not fast. Not really. Very slow runner. Got power, though. Built well. Good one-cut guy. So, he's got the intangibles, but it's, you know, and, and his hands are not really a pass catcher either can develop. He's a good athlete, but he is a very unfinished project. So when you t- start telling me, Oh, I'm going to plug Tyler Algier in there for Atlanta. Be careful with that. Love the draft though. Uh, they were ninth overall uh, on my board. Also with a B my 10th team was the New York jets. People will say the jets are the greatest draft in the history of mankind. I disagree. It, anytime you get three first round players, it's going to look good. But I think there's problems with Jermaine Johnson and Garrett Wilson. Sauce Gardner is going to be an inner. He's going to have to clean a lot up. I love Sauce Gardner. No problems to that pick. I think Garrett Wilson was way overdrafted. Three big games at the end of his last season at Ohio State propelled him into the first round. Good for him. But I don't know if that's good for the Jets, especially because you had Elijah Moore. I don't see any difference. I just don't. I just don't. Corey Davis, you already had these guys. Jermaine Johnson, go watch Last Chance You you on Netflix. You guys don't realize he's not this guy who could barely read, could barely write. He didn't try at school, just a not effort guy. Physically, all the things. But other than that, no, so those picks are questionable. Love Brees Hall. I love Max Mitchell from Louisiana. Small school. Guy, um, offensive tackle out of Louisiana Lafayette. Remember, I talked a lot about their run game, one of the best FCS running run game programs 
in college football. Max Mitchell's my fifth best offensive tackle. They got him 111 overall in the fourth round. So I thought the Jets did good, but I like the middle of their draft a lot more than the start. Um, other uh, 11th on my board as far as draft grades, Kansas City. Kansas City drafted well. They have a lot of picks. Sky Moore in fantasy football, it's either going to be Nicole Hardman or Sky Moore. Those are your two challengers for Tyreek Hill's spot. You're going to try to think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be the guy, but he's not. He's going to have his own role, different role. Does he eat up some of Tyreek's production? Absolutely. I don't think there'll be another pure Tyreek Hill, but I think Hardman or more. It's going to be one of those two. Pick them both in fantasy this year. But I thought the Chiefs did a good job as well. They were number 11 on my board, number 12 on my board, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Strong B, they're, I didn't like the start of their draft. Uh, they did not address the wide receiver position. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, I was very concerned. And then second pick of the second round, they got the guy I thought they should have took at 22 in Christian Watson. Tremendous acquisition. And then they come back with Romeo Dubs out of Nevada. I think those are two very good pass catchers that they got. Also got offensive line help as well. Packers, sneaky good draft here in 2022. So they got what I believe was my, I believe that's my final B that I gave out. Nope. I gave new England a B minus now new England syncs up with how I had players ranked and it's just uncanny. Um, whereas everybody else was asking, you know, who are, who was, who was Cole strange and um, who was the uh, Bailey zap from Western Kentucky. I had zap in my top 10 of quarterbacks. I had strange in my top seven of, Offensive lineman, offensive guard, interior lineman, I should say. So I was right on point with Belichick. Either he's old and senile, or maybe I know a thing or two about my player evaluation. We shall see. Oh, my final B actually was Washington. And that's one. A lot of people say they should get an F. I gave him a B minus. I'm not even that high on Dotson, but uh, Federian Mathis from Alabama this off defensive line is absolutely incredible. They can. And the thing is they keep adding talent more and more talent on the D line, getting a big running back like Brian Robinson, another Alabama kid was a good acquisition here. I think it, I don't think they're sold on Antonio Gibson at all. Unfortunately they should. I, I like Antonio Gibson. They just don't Sam Howell was one of the best picks of the draft getting Sam Howell, a guy who at the, in the first pick of the fifth round, he presents no immediate danger to Carson Wentz. You're allowing Carson Wentz to be your QB of the future. You're allowing, which is what he needs. He doesn't, Carson Wentz doesn't do well with pressure. When uh, he was given the job in Philadelphia, some of his best years. But when Nick Foles came in and won playoff games in the following year, he had Nick Foles. He, he's never the same quarterback. And it kind of got that way with Erlinger in Indianapolis. Not that they were high in Erlinger, but people started when he threw away that game in Tennessee in overtime and was pissing away games. Like they were calling for Ert sort of Wentz's head. So I don't think it puts uh, media pressure on Wentz, but fallback plan is good. Sam Howell, one of the most heavily recruited quarterbacks in college football in this class, had a great career at North Carolina. 
North Carolina got gutted last last year because everybody else, like Javante Williams and Michael Carter, uh, several offensive linemen went to the pros. So Howell was left holding the bag. So I liked that pick a lot. So that was my final B. All the teams in the middle, I had Buffalo at 15. I'm not going to be able to get to everybody. Chargers at 16. And I had the um, Jacksonville Jaguars at 17. I had Minnesota at 18. These are all C's um, as far as my grading is concerned. Then I had Cleveland at 19. Talked about Cleveland. Love the David Bell pick. To the moon, David Bell. Love that one so much. Damn it. Tennessee, uh, again, replaced. Talked about the Titans draft. The Traylon Burke's great, but when it replaces A.J. Brown, eh, it's it's – you don't get credit for it. So they get a C 20th on my board. 21st was a C minus to the Las Vegas Raiders. 22nd C minus to the Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay got, and, and that was all my C's Tampa Bay got a D at 23 overall um, did help their offensive line. Even though I think they drafted guys that I didn't agree with. I'm okay with those picks, but other areas of concern way overdrafted, like tight end and shit. Like, I don't, I don't know. Screams that obviously Gronkowski's not coming back, but didn't really do anything for this year. And you've got a quarterback that needs this year, Arizona. My God, that trade for Marquise Brown was terrible. Even with DeAndre Hopkins, terrible trade. The guy who benefits from Marquise Brown being out, um, is Zach Ertz. It's not, and it may be AJ Green. It's not Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown's a deep threat. Was it Oklahoma when Kyler Murray was there? He's not a possession receiver. Hopkins is a possession receiver. He's not a big body guy that they throw the ball up to on Hail Mary's the way Kyler Murray does to Hopkins. He's not the, he's not the guy that's helped out. So Arizona 24th gets a D, 25th. Uh, on my grading scale, San Francisco, a D for them as well. 26th was the Denver Broncos, a D for them. Again, Broncos did great this offseason, but the draft wasn't particularly forthcoming. 27th also uh, here with a D as well was the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals didn't need to do much. Again, <laughs> You guys, I know. I already know. Ooh, how could you say the Bengals got a D? We got to we got to applaud everything they do. No, we don't. Daxon Hill was good. Taylor Britt, I thought was there was a, several better corners on the board instead of them. And then they didn't add another player that will probably make their team. Their, the rest of the draft literally didn't exist. Can't just say it's good because they're a good team. Of course, they're a good team. This is not whether teams are good. It's about how they drafted. And again, they didn't draft anything. You can win Super Bowl and have a shitty draft. And that's coming up in a minute. So 28th, uh, and that was my final D. The rest are all Fs. Pittsburgh didn't like Kenny Pickett. And if you took him, you could have easily got Kenny Pickett in the second round. Nobody was taking that fucking guy. Nobody in the world. George Pickens was way overdrafted, way too many wide receivers, and they didn't address the offensive line at all, which was their biggest need. They fail. I don't, you know, Pickett and I, Pickett and Pickens, some decent enough players, but just not what they needed. <laughs> so I, I think Kevin Colbert trashed their draft, and I think it was on purpose even. 
um, 28th, 29th, Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are an embarrassment to the National Football League. They're the worst team in the NFL. So they failed the draft. They constantly moved back. They, I don't know why they kept doing that, but the silver lining is that they moved back and then they drafted, I believe, I, I like Braxton Jones, their fifth round pick. Um, one, two, three, four offensive linemen, which is they needed. And they got some decent ones. Vilas Jones is probably next to the Cowboys first round pick. Vilas Jones is the worst pick of anybody in this entire draft. So I don't know what the bears are doing. They're terrible. 30th in the draft. That was the Dallas Cowboys. Another failing grade. Cowboys got a couple, a decent player, but their, their first round pick was the worst. And then Tyler Smith is unbelievably bad. Like, unbelievably bad. I don't mind Jalen Tolbert. I kind of like the wide receiver out of South Alabama and John Ridgeway from Arkansas. Another guy they got in the fifth round that I had high grades on, but the rest of these guys just awful from the Cowboys. 31st of this, the LA Rams and the Rams didn't have any high picks. So they just didn't get anybody in the Rams fans yelled at me for telling their, they should draft offensive linemen. And then they used two of their picks to draft offensive linemen. So they Kyron Williams will be on the practice squad and will replace Daryl Henderson in a year. There's nothing else here. I don't, I don't know if any of these guys really stick on the Rams active roster. I just Logan Bruss, their third round pick probably will, but that's about it. And then the Miami dolphins get the worst grade um, F minus for sure. They only had four picks in the entire draft. Channing Tindall is not, not a bad pick. Uh, is Kanama from um, Foxy from AM, I think he decent enough, but just no picks here, right? And they use one of them on a quarterback and Skylar Thompson, just awful. So there you go, everybody. So those are my draft grades across fantasy football. Um, I understand I'm running late, it's already an hour in. I think that's good for this episode. Addressed most of the needs. Talked a little bit about um, uh, the draft. Talked about my strategies going into 2022 fantasy football season. Talked about baseball as well. Remember, everybody, underdogfantasy.com, underdog fantasy app. Use the promo code ELITE. There are new partners of this podcast and over at fantasyguru.com. Also, if you want to be a platinum member over at fantasyguru.com, Support at fantasyguru.com. Tell a man sent you and uh, that draft 10, you could get that 10% discount off the already lowered price. If you're already a customer, by the way, so you get the bundle pricing. So if you have more of our packages, if you, if you're like a DFS subscriber and a betting subscriber to any, anything, do you have two of any of our packages and say you want to be platinum that means you get everything and every sport and every tool and every the data and all that. That's 30% off right there. Then you use draft 10 and you're getting, you know, it's almost a fucking 50% discount. It is 50% because we're lowered the prices. You get 30% off for bundling and then an additional 10%. So again, it's going to be the best, uh, best move that you can do right there. All right, folks. Also follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Folks, appreciate you downloading. If you could spread the word, tell a friend. I know I probably lost a lot of people 
while uh, I was going through the surgery and recovering and all that. But man, we're going to ramp these up a new podcast every single week. Very excited to do it. I want to hear your thoughts. Do we do more baseball? Do you want more baseball or just say, fuck it, go football? You want me to talk some NBA with you? Um, I'm, I'm your Huckleberry. This show belongs to each and what every one of you who supports the program. And I do so appreciate you. That will do it. Episode 109 in the books. Thank you one and all for downloading, subscribing, commenting, and telling a friend. You may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard today is perfectly okay. If you did so, why? You know why. Because it was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!